Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Nothing is too hard for God. Regardless of what all your friends, family, and people may say, let's turn to the Lord and see what He has to say. Lord, we ask that you would just touch this teaching, touch my mind, touch my heart. And Lord, I ask you to dissolve me and you be the teacher. And Lord, may we learn to know that regardless of what our spouse is saying right now, that it doesn't matter because you can change that heart. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for all that you're doing in so many marriages and in so many homes. And we ask that you restore thousands and thousands of others. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We are going to do a teaching, and it's me, love my spouse. Now, so many people could say, me, I'm to love my spouse. Now, when they're doing this, 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 or da-da-da-da-da, fill in the blanks. And I'm saying, what would Jesus say? Yes, me. Love my spouse now? Yes, I want you to love them now more than you've ever loved them. And I know that most people in this room truly love their spouse now more than they loved their spouse when maybe they walked in here because they had anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. And when they come in, they start to learn what the Word says and what Jesus says, and we need to apply it. How does the Bible discuss love, and God's love especially? How does God describe it? We're going to discuss God's love with Luke 15. Now, I could tell you, I could show you in Luke 15, 11 to 31 is where I would like to teach, because God's love, as far as I'm concerned, is shown right there with the prodigal son. Father who waited with love and compassion did not give up. He waited, and as he said in verse 24, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. So they began to celebrate. But I want to tell you tonight, we want to look about the lost sheep. God says that he died on the cross for all the lost sheep, for all the lost sinners. And that includes, that includes your spouse. Your spouse has a heart condition tonight. And we're talking about love. And your spouse's heart is hardened. Their heart is so hardened and so angry and so unloving toward you and toward your family and toward God. And we've got to say, Lord, touch our spouse's heart. Touch them and change them and make them to be the person you want them to be. Tonight, we want to emphasize the love of God first. In Luke 15, verse 1 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners, and he eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? 
and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. People, there's nothing further I need to teach than to teach you this, that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he died for every sinner. He is saying that every lost person is so very, very important to be found. In our classroom, we look at not me, but hopefully you're looking behind me all the time and you see Jesus. Jesus holding a lost sheep in his arms. And I think it's so important that we're faced to look here, not at me. He died on the cross for your spouse, for all your loved ones, for you. He will go and leave the 99 and go after your spouse and keep calling them, calling them, and calling them to come home. Come home. Come home to me, Lord God. Come home to me and our family and our children. Come home to me and the spouse who is waiting, standing there just like Luke fifteen eleven, like the father who stood there and waited and waited. But he was there waiting and expecting. And he even had to divvy out the material items and he gave the property that was due his son. He left, he took his property with him, but he came back. And when he came back, he had been in the pig pen. And believe me, your spouses that are away from you and your family and loved ones, whether they look happy, they're living in the pig pen. They're living in sin. And all sin is darkness because the Lord God says it in the word of God. God's love is forgiving. God will forgive sinners to come home to him for mercy. And you and I serve a God who tenderly every day calls upon the prodigal and searches for the sinners and then joyfully forgives them. Joyfully is willing to turn the other cheek, go the extra mile and say, I choose to forgive them. This is the kind of love that prompted Jesus to come to earth and to search for his lost people and to save them. And this is what we need to know, is that we are not to give up. We're not to be in despair. We're not to be discouraged because of the time element. We're not to be discouraged about court hearings, about our finances, about our children that are being so wounded right now. We need to go to the Lord and we need to seek him and know that he is going to help us through every situation. God's love is eternal and it's sacrificial. And let's go to John 3. John 3.16, that every little child, hopefully, is being trained, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, whosoever, it doesn't matter, believes in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, 
but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whosoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Men love darkness. Oh, man. We could have everybody stand up here and tell us that all of our spouses are loving darkness right now. We could all give a list of circumstances. Is your spouse committing adultery? Is your spouse in drugs or alcohol? Abandoned you or you don't even know where they're at? Are they being the father or mother that they need to be? Where is your spouse? How are they acting? Or maybe home. They're downstairs and living a separate lifestyle and a separate life. We even have spouses now that are going into homosexuality. When they fall into darkness and they fall into sin, Satan will take them to whatever weakness that they have in their body, soul, and spirit. And they will go down that road. Pornography is the very first and simple thing that, that is definitely attracts them. As much as we love the Internet, and email has really been a blessing for us to help so many people around the world. Satan has used the Internet so strongly by tempting men and women to fall into pornography on the Internet sitting in their home. And it can be used by teenagers and young children. We have to be careful and have to watch out. But God's love is eternal. God's love is sacrificial. He came to this earth, and then he died, shed his blood on the cross. And we got to remember that there's two weapons that we need to know about. God gave us, and God wants us to use all the time, and that's the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Those two weapons are awesome. God's love is forever. Psalm 136. And we're not going to read all of this, but I'll just get you to write it down, and then you can maybe do it as a devotion time at your nighttime or in your morning time. And you can know that this psalm is so well known. It's got songs that have come out of it, and it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And there are so many songs that it just says, give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. And it goes on. It says, give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. God's love is forever. He is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to reject you. He's never going to hurt you or wound you. God's love is perfect. And we need to understand that. Love is a command. In fact, let's go to the Old Testament. I want to show you that's in the Old Testament and Leviticus. And now I tell you, you have not heard Charlene teach too much about Leviticus because it's the laws. But the law is still good when you go to teaching about God's love. In Leviticus 19, in the Old Testament, God's love is there, and in the New Testament, we're going to read it also. Leviticus 19, verse 18. 
How much love should we have for each other? Love benefits others. It's a command to love others. Leviticus 18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. In John 13, let's flip there, John 13. And it may already be highlighted like it is in mine. It's a new command, John 13, verse 34. And this is Jesus talking. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So he's already telling you how to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to have love in your heart. You need to have this unconditional love, this love that is going to overflow. Well, let me say it is a servanthood love. And that is what we need to ask for. And that's what we need to say. Lord, fill me up with this self-sacrifice love. Fill me with a servanthood Remember when Jesus would go to his disciples and he talked about, let me wash your feet because I love you so much. I'm willing to do the least thing. No one would ever do that, especially the teacher. The disciple says, let me wash your feet, Lord. I'm not worthy to touch your feet. And he says, no, I want to wash your feet. I want to show you the love I have for you. He showed his love by dying on the cross, sacrificing his life. I believe the greatest gift you can give your spouse is standing and loving them unconditionally forever. That's the greatest gift you can give them. And may we remember that the Lord's given us an assignment. He would not give it to us if he did not want to complete it. He is going to finish it. He's going to complete it. And it is going to bring glory and honor to the Lord. And we're going to talk about that tonight. What do we need to do? Well, we need to make the commitment. We need to make a commitment that is forever. And we need to join God's army. I know that I know that as we talk tonight about the heart, God says, I want you to love one another. Well, it is very easy for me to love my husband right now when he's home. But it's a different story if I think back to a few episodes of my husband when he was in the far country. Spouses share, well, I've got this circumstance going on. Or the email, I've got this circumstance going on. And they're sharing all of the circumstances. And there is a lot of evil and darkness and not light that is going on that you're having all to deal with. All of a sudden, you're to show love to that person. Me, love my spouse now when they're taking me to court and when they're wanting all of my finances, when they're wanting the children, they're trying to take custody of my children. Me, love my spouse now, right now, filing and taking me to court for divorce. Yes, that's what the Lord is saying. I want you to love them unconditionally. I want you to love them as I love them. I want you to see them as I see them, that they are deceived and blinded and living in darkness because they're that lost sheep. 
John 15, verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remained in his love. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. Oh, listen to this. But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. And if we can get the message tonight about the power and the weapon that we have with love, there is an awesome, awesome miracle. He's saying, remain in my love. Love like I love. And it says, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one that he lay down his life for his friends. And that is what the Lord is saying. I want you to lay down your life right now for your spouse. I want you to love them as I love them. And he's saying, and I want you to know that I've chosen you to do this. This whole scripture right here is a standing scripture. It's telling you, I know what's going on. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I've chosen you. And then he goes on and says, I've appointed you. I've given you an assignment to go and bear fruit. And that fruit is going to be your fruit of a restored marriage. And your fruit is going to be blossoming and ripening and you're going to bear fruit in while you're standing. And you are going to share the power and the love of Jesus Christ with other people. I know there was a lady here a few weeks ago that shared Jesus Christ to a man at an airport. And he accepted Jesus Christ because she was ripe and she was strong in the Lord and showed the love of God that she radiated as a lighthouse. And all of a sudden that light magnetized to him to her to seek and to share what he was going through when you start to share your circumstances i want to tell you most people will say your circumstances are horrible there is no hope for your circumstances but when you think oh yes there is because my god can do anything my god parted the red sea my god created me my god created my husband he created my children so god can do anything he can heal the sick. He can make the blind see. And he needs to touch our spouse's heart and their eyes and their minds to see the truth. And the truth, the truth who is our Lord Jesus Christ, is going to set them free. And he says, I've left 99. I'll leave 99 healthy ones to go for a one sick one. So we should be very encouraged tonight. When you start to study these scriptures, we can say... There is no greater love that I laid my life down for your spouse. I'm willing to pay the price. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to stand with me? 
selfless giving, reach beyond friends to also our enemies. And you know what? Many of us at the beginning of our stand in Matthew 5, you can flip to, can say that we thought our spouse was our enemy. It sure sounded like our enemy. They acted like they were our enemy. They spoke, they talked, they acted, their behavior, their actions, all were like they were an enemy. But see, Jesus says we're to love our enemies. So that puts us right back to where we were just a couple of minutes ago. There's no escape for us if we want to do what God wants us to do and if we want to obey God's commands and obey the scriptures. So let's go to Matthew five forty-three to 48. Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And that's very important because I know many, many standers who feel their spouses are persecuting them, persecuting their children. They're tormenting you because of circumstances and situations. And I'm telling you that God says he knows what you're going through, but he says, I want you to love your enemies and pray for those who are persecuting you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. And that is where we're headed tonight. We're talking about me? Love my spouse now? When they're doing all of these circumstances and saying all these things and they have another person in their lives and I am on the bottom of the list of anybody they love. In fact, they don't even contact me. And when they do contact me, they tell me how much I owe or how much I've got to pay. So I've done something wrong. I'm, it's always my fault. I, it's always my fault. I caused the problems at the beginning. And that's even while we're separated or divorced, it's still my fault. And that is from the enemy himself speaking all that condemnation on you. And I'm saying, God says, whoa, love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. That is the enemy of the devil coming against you. It is not your spouse that is coming against you. Let me go to Ephesians 6 and show you and prove to you that your enemy is not your spouse, flesh and blood. And we have to really get this scripture. You may have to carry the scripture in your pocket, in your car, in your bathroom, and on your kitchen counter till you get the point. While your spouse is being very ugly and ungodly, I can tell you that it's hard to remember. It is very difficult to remember that your enemy is not your spouse. But... God will remind you and teach you and get to the point where you finally think, you know what, that's not my spouse talking, that is Satan talking talking through them. And you're just going to be able to throw it off. Ephesians 6, verse 10, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against Bob all the other men and women that left us. 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And then you need to know that. Love is the key to walking in the light because we cannot grow spiritually while we hate others. Let me say that again because you need to understand this. There are keys that we need to have to get victory. And one of the keys is love. One of the weapons we use in our warfare is love. And it's walking in the light. So many people are saying they're walking in the light when they really are still in darkness because they're hating their spouses. They're angry. They're bitter. They're jealous. They're envying. And that is all sin, S-I-N. They can commit sin in one way, but we may be committing sin in another way. Oh, the Lord really dealt with me on that. He really pointed all four fingers back at me, saying, Charlene, you've got to deal with you first because I need you to be the strong one, you to be the clean one, you to be the clean vessel, and your prayers aren't going to be answered if you've got sin in your life and you're blatantly sinning every day in these different ways. And we have to learn to choose. Love is a choice. And you know what? It's easy to see now while we're standing and saying, well, that's for sure, because right now we have to choose to love our spouses who are unlovable. There may be our teenagers who may be unlovable sometimes, but most moms and dads never really get so mad at their teenagers that they will throw them out, but some of them do. Even when they get pregnant, or if they get into drugs or alcohol, we work with our teenagers and we love them unconditionally. But when our spouses do something and they say all those words that wound us so terribly in our hearts and cut and keep cutting our hearts and cutting and dissecting us, it seems like. And the Lord is saying in the New Testament, when you are wronged, our first reaction is to get even. And he's saying, I don't want you to react like everybody else is reacting. The first reaction is, we're going to get even. And i that's what I did when I was standing at the beginning. I wasn't even standing. I was filing for divorce, and I would have done many bad things. And I believe that every standard, by the grace of God, that we all have not done something horrible when we got so wounded and rejected and so hurt. Because we all were taken and ground down on the dirt, taken to where we felt like that we were nothing. When our spouse got over telling us, I'm leaving, what part don't you understand? I don't love you. I never loved you. In fact, I didn't even want to marry you. I was forced to marry you or this or that. or They use all these circumstances. I should have married someone else. I was forced to marry you because you were probably pregnant. I mean, there's all these circumstances. Now, unfortunately, we live together, and we're going to live together to make sure that our marriage is going to work out. But you know what happens? You've opened yourself up to the devil and live in sin, and then ask God to bless the marriage after you've been living in sin. And that doesn't work that way. So many times, after they get married, 
then they don't want to be married because now they feel they've got that noose around their neck and they want to have their freedom because they had freedom. There was no commitment in that relationship, none. We need to know that love chooses forgiveness and mercy and grace rather than revenge. Love is a choice. It's not a feeling, it's a choice. And we need to choose to be concerned about the well-being of other people and treat them with respect, whether or not we're treated that way right at the moment and whether we feel affection toward them. Because you know what? If you will start in the actions of doing it, the Lord's going to put the love back into you and start putting the feelings and your emotions will then start to apply and come to alignment, come into alignment with your actions. You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.